podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to your Monday edition of the Daily Red. This is your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And the big talking point from the weekend is obviously Brentford 3, Liverpool 3. Um, Hard to describe this game, even 36 hours after it finished. Liverpool defensively shambolic, going forward quite good, uh, scored three goals. Two of them had a, a, an element of fortune, obviously. The first, Ethan Pinnock's injury that he seemed to suffer when scoring Brentford's opener seemed to hamper his ability to win the first ball against Salah and then track back against Henderson. A good cross from Jordan Henderson, a great Diogo Jota header. That was Liverpool's first goal. The second is a brilliant ball from Fabinho lifted over the top of the defence and Mo Salah scoring his 100th Premier League goal for Liverpool. And the third is a rasper of a shot from Curtis Jones that does take a deflection which beats the goalkeeper. Now we don't know, obviously, would it have gone in even without the deflection? Would Something we'll never know. But the three goals conceded are of major concern. To Liverpool. These are not goals that we would normally concede. The first is a well-worked free kick by Brentford, but the Liverpool defence switches off. The midfielders switch off and don't track runners. It's a good cross-in by Sergi Canos, the former red. Lovely front post flick by Ivan Toney. And a simple job at the back post for Ethan Pinnock, who put Brentford one up. Liverpool would equalise, Liverpool would go ahead. and then. More bizarre defending from the Reds. Again, a midfielder not doing his job. 40 yards out of position. Trent Alexander-Arnold gets isolated 3v1 at the back post. Actually does really well to win the initial ball to get a block. There's a shot that comes off the crossbar. It goes across and Janelt free and clear with a nice header from about two yards out. Um... The third, again, just defensively far too shifted to the left. Again, a midfielder tracking a runner he didn't need to track, dragging the rest of the midfield out of position. And again, it's a simple ball to the back post. Again, Trent is left isolated and outnumbered. Again, Trent does really well. Then Joel Matip does well with an initial block, but Wissa lifts the shot over Alison Becker, and it is 3-3. Not a good performance from the Reds overall. Very few who can say that they performed well on the day. Mo Salah played well but did miss a great chance. Jota played well, was involved in a lot of the of the attacks, good movement, and obviously scored a great goal. Sadio had some moments but not a particularly good game. None of the midfield can really say that they played well. Curtis maybe has the best case in that he scored and he didn't make any glaring defensive errors. Whereas Fab for the first and Henderson for the second and his involvement in the third isn't great either. And then the defence, Trent didn't have a great game but got literally no support from the right side of the midfield. Robertson did not have a good game and that's a little bit concerning considering it's not the first one. Virgil did okay, 
should have done better on the second goal. The Arnold header, maybe Virgil can react quicker and win that header. But aside from that, he did really well to save us towards the end when Ivan Tony ran off the back of Joel Matip and got through 1v1 and Virgil was able, able to recover and make a great interception. Joel Matip had one of his worst games for Liverpool. Um, it's rare that we see Joel Matip get bullied. It's rare that we see him losing jewels in the air. But Ivan Tony absolutely battered him for 90 minutes. Ivan Tony was the standout player in this game for me. As good a centre-forward performance as I've seen against Liverpool for a long time. As good a centre-forward performance as I've seen in any game by somebody who didn't score. He got an assist for the first. He was heavily involved in absolutely everything. He made he made Joel Matip look small, which is incredible considering Joel Matip is 6'5". Ivan Tony is 5'10". And Ivan Tony won nine aerial duels. His spring, his ability to hang in the air, the timing of his jumps, just brilliant. His ability to run the channels, his willingness to run those channels, to work hard for his team, to press from the front to link play, bring his teammates in, hold the ball up, hold off defenders. The complete centre-forward performance from Ivan Tony, And he was, for me, the standout player. But I think massive credit does have to go to Brentford. Very well set up, clearly very well coached by Thomas Frank. Great unity, great team spirit. You could see it in their defenders any time one of them had any kind of defensive action. He was getting encouragement. He was getting high-fived. He was getting picked up off the ground by his teammates. There's a real bond between these Brentford players. In midfield, they're incredibly hard-working. The five across, Canos, Onyeka, Norgard, Yanolt, and Rico Henry worked endlessly and gave us real problems. Overran and overfought Liverpool in midfield. And the two up front, Mbomo and Tony, just gave us trouble all game long. They missed a couple of pretty good chances. Now, we had the, the Salah opportunity cleared off the line, but likewise, they had the Mbomo one cleared off the line. Tony had a, a good-headed chance that on another day maybe goes in. Mbomo had another chance that again maybe goes in. Onyeka had a chance on another day. They did not stop fighting. They didn't stop believing in what they were doing. They went behind twice and fought back twice. Their heads never dropped. And they're going to cause everyone who goes to that stadium trouble. Now, you could see them being one of those newly promoted teams who does really well through the first half of the season and then maybe gets found out a little bit in the second half. Now, I don't think it'll be too bad. I don't think they'll have any collapse. I think they're going to be absolutely fine in this division. And there's some players there that are definitely capable of playing for shall we say, higher-profile clubs. None more so than Ivan Tony, who I, I certainly wouldn't be against us having a look at him if he continues the form that he's displayed last season and early this season. Mo Salah, we should focus on for a moment. Salah scored his 100th Premier League goal for Liverpool in his 151st Premier League game. That makes him Liverpool's Quickest ever to 100 league goals. 
Um, which, when you consider the fact that he plays as a wide forward and not as a number nine, is pretty special. He's now 10th all-time in overall goals for Liverpool. He has 131 in 210 appearances. Ahead of him, you have Harry Chambers on 151. That's potentially doable for Salah this season to score 20 more and catch Harry Chambers. You've got Michael Owen on 158. Now, when Michael Owen broke through, I think we all thought he's going to break every goal-scoring record there is at this club. As it was, he got injured multiple times and then obviously left and went into semi-retirement at the age of 24. Um, he's got 148, but in 297 games. So he's got 27 more goals than Salah in 87 more games, and he was an out-and-out nine. So just think of how ridiculous Salah has been with the goal record he's put forward. Ahead of Owen, you've got Kenny Dalglish on 172. Robbie Fowler, 183. Steven Gerrard, 186. I think it's absolutely reasonable to expect that Mo Salah will pass all of them. Then there is a big jump. Billy Little on 228. Gordon Hodgson on 241. Then another sizable jump, Roger Hunt on 285. And then Ian Rush with 346, 346 goals. That's a record that will likely never be touched. As incredible as Salah is, it's very, very hard to see that he will get 215 more goals for Liverpool. Unless he plays about nine more seasons. Now, he could. He'll be physically able to play probably well into his late 30s. But to do it at the level he's been doing it and score 30 a season? No. No, I don't see that. But I do think realistically he will get top five. Even even on his current contract, he should end up somewhere around seventh. Not far behind Fowler and Gerrard. With the extension that we hope is coming, that should definitely see him past Fowler and Gerrard. And Billy Little's probably attainable as well. You'd have to say. It's only 90 goals. Billy Little's likely attainable. It's, well, it's 90, 97 goals. He can do that. Hodgson, Hunt and Rush will see. If he can pass Gordon Hodgson and end up third all time, that would be an absolutely incredible, an absolutely incredible feat for Mo Salah. Now, Hodgson's goal per game record is, is also insane. 241 in 377 games, but obviously played in a much different era. But Salah has been a machine for Liverpool. He just continues to perform. And we should all be very, very thankful that we have him at the club. Uh, moving on from the game, we have some injury news. Naby Keita is back in training this morning. It seems unlikely that he'll feature against Porto in the Champions League game tomorrow. But maybe he's fit enough to play against Manchester City. One player who won't be is Thiago Alcantara, pictured on crutches over the weekend. So that's not ideal. Um, there's a couple of good pieces on This Is Anfield. One about Salah and his arrival into the top 10 
of Liverpool goal scorers. There's a look back on our last trip to Porto, which obviously took place on the road to our sixth European Cup. On Liverpool.com, there's an interesting piece uh, about Andy Robertson versus Costa Simicus and whether or not there's real discussion to be had there about the left-back position. And they have the news roundup. So there is a report doing the rounds that Liverpool have an agreement in place to sign Yves Basima from Brighton for a fee in the region of £35 million. It seems unlikely to me that this would be true, and the source of it is a bizarre Spanish outlet, so I'm I'm guessing it's not true, but we do know that Liverpool have been linked to him in the past. He would be an excellent addition. He's a very, very good player. He'd be a really good like-for-like replacement for Ginny Wijnaldum, and he's certainly the type of player we were lacking at the weekend. You could see a midfield of Thiago, Fabinho and Basuma being very, very good and very difficult to break down for the opposition while also offering lots of control, dictation from Thiago, athleticism from Basuma, as well as that ability to break the lines. There are reports that Liverpool will bring back their interest in um, Florian Newhouse come next summer. We'll wait and see on that one. If Liverpool had wanted him, he would have been signed this summer. So I'm not sure on that one. Uh, talk that Liverpool and Barcelona could go head-to-head for Rafinha. If that's the case, Liverpool will get him because Barcelona have no money. Um, Real Madrid also been linked with Florian Newhouse. Chelsea being linked with Federico Chiesa, who Liverpool had interest in in the summer. And it could well be that Liverpool go back for him next summer. Uh, reports linking Chelsea to, sorry, reports linking Leicester to Luis Alberto, former Liverpool player. And obviously Liverpool have a large sell-on clause built into the deal that sent him to Lazio. Now, I would dismiss any interest in him from Leicester on the grounds that Brendan Rodgers was in charge when he was at Liverpool and rarely gave him an opportunity. So I don't think there's much truth to that one. On AnfieldIndex.com, there's a really good piece from Stephen Smith. Um, regarding potentially some tactical shifts that Jurgen Klopp could look at. And podcast-wise, we've got quite a lot if you haven't been listening over the weekend. On the free side, we have the Guy Drinkle Show. Guy had had enough, and he just laid the smack down on Gag's hand and pushed him out of the way and took control of the post-match for Brentford. Normally the Nina Kowser Show. Nina's taking some time away at the moment. Um, and thoughts are, are with her. And Guy stepped in. Really good podcast. Really, re- really well worth your while. Uh, Dave Horrocks and my man Armando. Really, really good. Uh, well worth your while giving that one a listen. There is also the Liverbirds podcast. The girls are back to discuss the Brentford game and look ahead to City, Anfield expansion, safe standing, and also this this new ticket entry system which seems to be causing more problems than it's solved. On Anfield Index Pro, there is obviously post-match Raw. Um, myself, Trev and Mo Chatra. Recording today, we have Rate Don't Hate, which is Guy, Tadiwa and Hannah Pinnock, who may well be Ethan Pinnock's cousin, but we're not going to suggest it. We're just going to throw it out there and let that one sit with you. We may have a 
We may have a traitor in the ranks, folks. Um, and AI scouted myself and Carl Matchett will be looking ahead to the Porto game. Those will both be recorded today and both be released today. So you'll have them. And that's it. That is our show for today, folks. Disappointing weekend, but we are top of the league. That's the most important thing to remember right now. We are top of the league. Now, Brighton can go top tonight if they beat Crystal Palace. And as somebody who lived in Brighton, had a Brighton season ticket for a couple of years because, well, it was very easy to get a season ticket and Liverpool was quite far away. Um, I have a, an affinity for Brighton and I would very much like to see them go top in the knowledge that they will not be top come the end of the season, but it would be massive for the club if they could finish a weekend top of the Premier League. It will be the first time in their history. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.